Okay, everybody, it's episode 69, Redleaf Frederick has Joshi 2010s out of the Dark Ages. Here we go. It's another stardom episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining. If you're listening on the All Japan Women Destiny podcast, thank you. Getting a lot of downloads, been getting a lot of increased uh, notoriety the last few months. That's great to see, great to hear. Getting DMs from some fans about uh, this podcast in particular being on that feed. And I got to say, it's uh, it's very nice to nice to read a lot of the comments. Um, I'm kind of shocked that this niche of a niche of a niche <laughs> is uh, finally starting to uh, take off a little bit. <clears throat> God knows I don't do this uh, for any sort of financial gain. I just want to learn and spread the word of the history of women's wrestling. I think this is a particular era that uh, was never covered. Uh, a lot of people, if they go back to, I guess, more dark age times, they, they go back to the early to mid-2000s, where it really just fell through the basement. But here we are, the upstart promotion stardom, we're back, and this time we're heading to Osaka, and we got some movement in this promotion. Uh, this has been a topic I've been thinking about uh, for quite some time, at least in the terms of this early 2010s journey here is there's just not a lot of angles or programs or interesting feuds or rivalries within the Joshi scene right now. Uh, so for stardom to start really bringing in the foreigners and really start doing a big angle here piques my interest. It really does. If you're a member of the Patreon, patreon.com slash retrocast, or if you're thinking about joining, and you're hearing this on AJW Destiny, consider subscribing and you will get uh, the easy access to the Google Drive that I keep up with with all of these shows and getting these shows and uh, including uh, spreadsheet documents over the schedule, matches, match ratings, and the like. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at BullyingJD. Join the Discord if you want. Let's get into this. So last we left off in Stardom, we had just finished the five-star Grand Prix won by Yuzuki Aikawa. And rightfully so. I uh, had a couple good matches there with Yoshirai and Anai Takahashi. And Aikawa, uh, for all intents and purposes, is, uh, for my money, the biggest star in the scene right now. And it's easy to see why, with her crowd connection, her look appeal... Her improvement in the ring, obviously it's not at a super top level, but that really doesn't matter. She's drawing little houses for the upstart promotion. Uh, they announced the the little sumo hall deal of her retirement, even though they haven't said it's her retirement yet, but rumors are spreading. And as far as the fans are concerned around this time, it's going to be her calling it quits. So with that, I believe <laughs> if we... Uh, go through some interpretations of what's going on in uh, the backstage, and if you read some blurbs from 
you know, shoe pro and weekly pro of interviews of the wrestlers. Uh, Stardom wants to make a big mark in the uh, Joshi scene, only being you know a couple years into its existence at this time. And they want to bring more rookies. They want to recruit a little bit more because they don't know how long they're going to have any of these people. Who's going to stick around? Who's not? Because we're kind of getting to that point around the two, three year mark where younger wrestlers and wrestlers are maybe realizing this industry isn't for them. The money's not in it. At this point in time, you get the idea. So the Grand Prix was important also because Kyoko Kimura made the finals and lost. So what does that mean for Kyoko Kimura? Where? Well, she's going to be a regular in this promotion going forward for quite some time. And she was an interesting uh, person to see when we first started the 2010s because she was very much unaffiliated uh, with the closure of Neo. And some older promotions where she was kind of part of little groups and factions and feuding. Uh, with the closing of that promotion, she's been kind of, I'll call it, lost within the scene. Uh, very much outskirts indies kind of deal. And with the existence of stardom, it's kind of given her a purpose. And Rossi Ogawa and uh, Fuka uh, running things along with Nanai Takahashi kind of having a lot of say, <laughs> a lot of pull. Uh, which is her right at this point in time. The idea is to kind of bring in a lot of younger wrestlers and uh, foreigners to fill in the gaps uh, so they can run a little bit more shows, gain some steam at least in the scene, as little as that is, and do something different. And boy, is it a different product compared to everything else. I mean, the, it would be... Every Joshi promotion kind of feels like a different entity at this point in time. Ice Ribbon has the Emi Sakura effect kind of all over it. If you want to call it a Chaco Pro Gato Move situation, but she's not there anymore. So you're left with the theater troupe, <laughs> if you will, of Fujimoto and, Fujimoto and Shida. You got, I guess we'll call it like wrestling classic and whatever thing. Uh, Reina is starting up. Uh, that's the Tajiri <laughs> project. So he's got some women's thing going on there, which involves a lot of luchadoras. We will get to Reina. That will happen. Uh, and it's going to happen. Uh, let's see on the schedule wise. It is going to be the wave uh, Reina to Reina show uh, that took place at Cork and hall. It's really called like a triple A crossover. We'll just call it uh, luchadora crossover. So that's going to be its own thing, which we're going to follow, uh, starting with that show, because I think that's a good uh, starting point for that. Uh, Wave highlights young wrestlers, uh, highlighted by the Gammy booking. Um, I haven't gotten to Sendai yet at all. That's Mako Sadamore's old school uh, 80s booking feel with that promotion, very much uh, by tradition, if you will. Stardom's got this idol-esque uh, and foreigner combination going on. So you, uh, Oz Academy's Oz Academy, Heel Heat, that are also baby faces, that kind of deal. Um, you, 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 when you watch it all, everything looks and feels different, which it didn't really totally hit me until not watching this show, but it never really entered my mind as a thought. And so now that we're kind of nearing the end of 2012 here with, you know, a handful of shows left. 
I'm really beginning to see what the appeal is of these promotions. So Osaka Night, Osaka Champions Night, is, I think, an important day in Stardom's history. We're at Impal. They get 415 people there, so a, a good little attendance for the Upstart promotion uh, outside Tokyo. And if we go back to, I don't know, 2011, there are a couple of Osaka shows. I think one was in April, another was at the end of September. Uh, they booked the Minami Arena, which got 270 people there apiece. So, look, putting on title matches, you get something interesting, the crowd will come. Uh, that's just the way it works, it's the way it is. Create something that people want to see, drum up some interest. And give matches stakes and purpose. Uh, it's it's such a uh, <laughs> it's it seems like such an obvious thing out loud, but you got to have some sort of reason to go to show to show, uh, at least to drum up again interest in your promotion and to get people to kind of come back, make them feel like they're watching something of uh, purpose and continuity, right? You want to see a wrestler rise up. Go through some rivalries. You get the idea. So this is the show in which it is main evented by the incoming Jazzy Gabbert Alpha Female. Okay. And we're also seeing the beginning of Kimura Monster Goon. Uh, we can call this the roots of a Wado tie, if you will, but uh, I guess for the more modern star stardom fandoms in you know, post-2020 era, this would be something closer to the big foreigner group. You know, uh, the Nana what the Nanai Takahashi thing ended up being with you and 7-Up, and um, Kairi was never totally a part of it. But uh, Kyoko Kimura has created a heel group of a bunch of foreigners around her. Okay? Uh, we see Haley Hatred from JWP make an appearance in this promotion now. Uh, Alpha Female came on the show prior, I believe, uh, which was on the October 10th show, uh, teaming with Haley Hatred against Act, Cherry, and Hikaru Shida in Stardom. So yes, very much uh, along with the appearances of Hiroyo Matsumoto jumping back and forth between Ice Ribbon and Oz Academy, uh, no promotion is playing this isolation game at this point in time uh, if wrestlers want to go wrestle somewhere and get a paycheck they go do it uh, the the politics really only involve the people that pull the most uh, we'll call it veteran rank okay so i'll take another step back so kyoka kimura has created this group kimura monster goon and it's it's gained it's drummed up at least some interest as i saw in a very old uh, message board post of people just talking about uh, the latest ongoings in the in the fall of 2012 and uh, women's wrestling, and uh, this was creating at least some sort of talking point as as little as it was. So take that for what it's worth. The alpha female thing is interesting because in 2012 she started to really go into uh, uh, the UK. She was spreading her wings more. Uh, because at this point in time, you know, ja Alpha Female Jazzy Gabbert, uh, she has some, I can't say it's pull, but at least people know of her because her 
stepfather is Matsuhiro Chono. Uh, not a lot of people knew that for a long, long time. It kind of blew a lot of people's mind, including myself, when you first hear the news. You're like, wait a minute. Well, in 1987, Masiro Chono did a tour in Germany, and that's where he met the wife, right? And Gabbard, I believe, was about five years old already at that point in time. They have a couple kids together. They look exactly like Masiro Chono, haircuts and everything. So Gabbard has a, a connection to Japanese wrestling just by her quote-unquote stepfather, right? Well, she's gone on over to Eve over in the UK, uh, along with a couple other indie-type promotions, and she doesn't wrestle a whole hell of a lot, and she never has. She started in the early 2000s uh, with the GWF promotion in Berlin. Uh, European wrestling, not so great at this point in time. They're very much wanting to copy a lot of ECW stuff. Uh, so the women's wrestling scene in Europe, UK included, is is quite thin, right? So until she starts venturing over to America and doing shimmer dates and coming over more often to Japan to do these stardom dates, uh, she's wrestling the, the likes of Blue Nikita, uh, Vesna, I believe Vesna's from Croatia. So you get the idea. There's a, there's just, if you're a, a woman's wrestler and you want to get a booking together, you gotta you got to travel, right? So that brings in Alpha Female off of winning the... Eve title in April 2012 against, who was this, Jenny Shoden? Oh boy, where is she from? That sounds Swedish as hell. Uh, let's see, Jenny Shoden, she is from Hudeskval Sweden. There you go. Just looking at that last name, the S-J-O, and you're like, okay, that's Scandinavian. <laughs> uh, can't say I'm too familiar with her, but it says she's trained by Zack Sabre Jr. a bit. So <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but that's what uh, the first thing I clicked on says. Anyways, so she can she comes in, makes a big splash on the mid-October show with Kimura Monster Goon, okay? And then that sets up a big-time title match in Osaka, outside of Tokyo, against Nanai Takahashi. The world of stardom title on the line, not the wonder. That's very important to distinguish here. And this is a very... I want to say this is a Joshi move at this point, okay? Where you bring in a non-established talent to the fans that aren't familiar, and if you're kind of primarily based in Tokyo... You can do this outside of Tokyo because they don't get to see the regular roster all that often anyways. So to them, everyone's kind of new, right? So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, I can't call it a pro move. That's uh, kind of giving it too much credit, but it gives it some sort of credence to why you can do this, in fact. So that brings in to Osaka, October 21st. We got Kimura Monster Goon up and down the card. We got Gabbert, Alpha Female in the main event against the Nye as a newcomer, uh, with no kind of credibility to her other than she big, scary, foreign monster gaijin, right? And then the undercard, we have Hiroyo Matsumoto, okay? And the reason why I bring her up is not because she's part of this group, it's because Hiroyo is really kind of, to in my mind at this point in time, gained a reputation for being the very trustworthy worker to work with other young talents. 
and she is extremely tied to Yuhi, and you could argue Kyrie at this point in time as well. Uh, these are two people with immense babyface potential, uh, with a good amount of talent to them, and unlocked potential in terms of skill. Yuhi, in particular, at this t- point in time, more than Kyrie. But Hiroyo, whether it's um, uh, showing up to numerous matches in 0-1 against her, and then coming up over here to stardom, okay? And that's our card. Uh, we do have a high-speed title match of Saki Kashima against Natsuki Tayo, but uh, let's get into this. So yes, good attendance, interesting tactics, utilizing a foreign heel group with Kyoko Kimura at the head uh, to kind of be the, the heater and promo cutter of these people. I can't speak Japanese. So we begin... Oh, and none of these none of these uh, shows are on uh, Stardom World at this point in time, as I record. You have to find these by other means. I do have the other means, and I thank uh, the couple people that hooked me up with uh, a whole Stardom archive. So message me if you're interested. I can message the other guy, and then you can talk to him. Okay. Yoshiko defeats Mayu Itani in a four-minute match. We are finally starting to see signs that Mayu Itani can actually wrestle. <laughs> that was my big takeaway from this match. And uh, Yoshiko beats her uh, with a big freaking lariat that takes her head off. Uh, so that was kind of cool. So Mayu Itani starting to improve, and she's starting to flip around. Uh, what's funny is you get to start to see a lot of uh, tattoos among the stardom roster uh, kind of crop up now. Uh, Saki Kashima's got one on her on her backside. Mayu's got one. Yoshiko's got a big one on her leg. You get the idea. The second match is Akti Asakawa against Miho Wakazawa. Eight minutes. And I am so done with Miho Wakizawa. Miss Wacky, where she wants the crowd to chant Wacky. And Act is just here swigging tequila or whiskey, her drink of choice, and uh, beats this woman up. It's uh, not very good. It's all about, I guess, their characters more in the ring. Act wins. We move. It's it's a very poor executed match. They mess up the finish. Act is just kind of pinning her shoulders to the mat. It's not, it's not much here. So now the meat match is here. Okay? We've got those two openers out of the way. Here's your, uh, here's your time. 13 minutes for Kimura Monster Goon of Kyoko Kimura and Haley Hatred defeating... Orange Gear, Io Shirai, and Natsumi Shozuki. So Natsumi still doing a little karate gimmick going on with Gi. Uh, she has uh, cropped up in the newly formed not wrestling promotion. Their words, not mine. Uh, actress Girls. And you can kind of see why Shozuki uh, has a little bit of, I guess, potential to unlock. How old would she be now? She could not have been more than a teenager at this point in time. No, she was in her early early 20s already. So, uh, I pegged her for younger. Anyways, this was pretty good. Uh, Haley Hatred uh, has slimmed down uh, quite a lot since her JWP run. Uh, she's gotten in way better shape. She moves better. So, whether she's hitting up that stardom dojo and training hard or... She's changed her diet or whatever she did at this point in time. It's it's definitely helped her in terms of the in-ring because now she's moving better. She's hitting a lot of her moves. She hasn't slowed down. She's stronger, which is important when you're trying to throw Io Shirai around the ring <laughs> the way she was. 
Uh, I like this. I like this move of Haley Hatred in, in Stardom, a part of this group. Uh, Kyoka Kimura uh, does get some decent amount of heat uh, flailing around the ring and booting people. And Io Shirai, she still hasn't quite broken out to the top of the card yet. Uh, she's still doing things like this. She's still trying to find herself. She's coming off of the uh, the allegations uh, from her trip to Mexico. Go listen to that episode. It was a number of them ago covering uh, the, the summer of this year. And Shozuki, she's she's okay. She's got her karate gimmick, and she's starting to uh, uh, f- find a stride in herself. But the main the main th- takeaway from this match was Haley Hatred and Yoshirai going at each other. Yoshirai trying to flip out of the place, and Haley Hatred uh, black hole slamming this woman into the mat. <laughs> but uh, Shozuki eats the fall nonetheless. We move on. I went one out of three on that tag match, by the way. Hiroyo Matsumoto teaming with Kairi Hojo, taking on Yuzuki Aikawa and Yuhi. And you're like, man, those are some good names. And it was. It was a good match. Good, solid affair. Uh, Hiroyo being the veteran in this match, but Aikawa leagues above everyone that she's in the rings with, ring with uh, in terms of the crowd connection, the charisma, the showmanship, just everything. She knows how to nail the little bit of ring game that she has, right? She can kick people in the face really well. She can give them uh, kicks to the chest and show a lot of that fire. Kyrie, she still has a ways to go. She's still in very much uh, the bowl cut, haircut going on, the denim shorts, and, you know, she's got... She's starting to pull in her moves, making them her own, namely the kind of cross-legged uh, Boston Crab deal that I believe she, what did she call that, the anchor or something? I'm going to take a sip of coffee here. Hold on. Mm. While Hiroyo uh, can prance around the ring, being a general, and she really holds this match together well. I mean, you can definitely see it once you start looking for those things. Yuhi, on the other hand, uh, she's in there for her spots, and they make sure to highlight her spots, whether it's the high jump kick that she hits out of nowhere, the really unorthodox spinning, and if I'm, you know, this might sound outlandish, but that's why we're here anyways. Uh, Yuhi really reminds me a lot of Rob Van Dam in terms of ring movement, all the kicks, all the unorthodox movements in the ring. You can definitely see why. Uh, Yuhi does uh, temporarily mess up her springboard dropkick that she does. Uh, there's a lot of uh, leaping to the outside. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good, fun match in which Aikawa does get the win over Kairi, as expected, 13-18. Also went one out of three on this one. Go out of your way to watch this one in particular. This, this one definitely hits uh, at a pretty good clip uh, for the time. For the time. High-speed title match. So, yes, we have Natsuki Tayo, semi-main, Nanai Takashi, main event. This is their kind of show. They want to show up Osaka. Tayo's defending the good-looking, at this time, high-speed title. This thing looks phenomenal. It's got the chains on it. It's a nice matte black. It's not deteriorated. The plate's all shiny. Man, where'd this belt go? Well, she's against Saki Kashima. It's a 10-minute match. Wins it off a uh, Spanish fly from the top. Uh, Tayo, that is. Not Saki Kashima. That would kind of blow your mind. But um, 
Kashima, she's doing a little bit more striking. Uh, it, it looks like she's in the gym with Yuzi Aikawa, or Fuka. And it's showing in her ring when Saki Kashima can more or less <laughs> try to keep up with Tayo. Tayo is just so fast and so smooth in around the ropes that all you have to do, if you can handle some arm drags and Tayo flipping all around you, then you're going to be in for an okay match. And this was passable. Uh, was it anything like exciting or good? Ah, Saki Kashima kind of doesn't have that at this point in time. She's still very much uh, a wrestler on the rise and learning. And that's that's definitely okay. Okay? So that's where we're at. Um, and not much else to really say about the match. The, the Tayo matches are... They're good. And there's certainly a lot of respect you can give to them. But when we're when we're talking about like a title match like this, you kind of kind of want to see Tayo with more with better talent. You know, why can't we have Tayo Hiroyo or Tayo against, um, I don't know, Kyoka Kimura again? I, I guess that'd be blowing through matches, but you get the idea. Uh, it was it was a good little spot for the show. I'll put it that way. And then we get to the main event, as I think my cat wants to jump up on the recording table here. She stares at me. Main event. Denai Takashi defending the world of stardom title against the alpha female, Rar. And she's big. She's mean. She's mean mugging. Very German. <laughs> and this is the big, this is the big introduction to the company. This is her time to shine, make a mark on this promotion. And I mean, could you argue the Joshi wrestling scene in general and getting a title match like this is huge, at least in terms for a kayfabe sense. Uh, does the stardom title mean a whole lot at this point? It really doesn't, but they're trying to grow that. The match has very much a terrible pace and chemistry to it. It's quite boring for the most part. Very slow. A lot of holds and a lot of awkwardness of running the ropes. There's just not a whole lot to like about this. There's there's instances where it's good. And if you watch the the more often than not clipped version of the match, you'll get the better parts of the match. But then you realize, oh, wait, there's seven to 17 minutes, depending on what what uh, clipped version you see. Of just kind of nothing. A little bit of brawling, punching, uh, Nanai screaming. Um, the, mo the most interesting part of the match is definitely when uh, Kyoko Kimura and the crew start brawling on the outside with Team Passion out there against Nanai's crew. And they're brawling, and this causes at least a little brouhaha and interest, and the crowd kind of gets into it a little bit. Is it enough to save the match? It isn't. And just when you're thinking, okay, would they do a title change? Would that kind of save the idea of the match when they're trying to go 20 plus minutes? And you're kind of thinking to yourself, yeah, okay, alpha female is big, strong, and scary. What would put her over harder than beating Nanai Takahashi at this point in time, who's having a tremendous year? Uh, in, compar in comparison to her peers. Well, Alpha Female is 
you see, by, she's moments away from winning this thing. She's hitting all her huge power moves. They're not doing the wacky dodge out of the turnbuckle spots where the monster hits a brick wall and it's, you know, comes across as comedy with the way they run through it. And Alpha Female's hitting her 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 finishers, okay? The Naitakashi isn't hitting much on Alpha, right? And so Jazzy Gabbert is moments away from victory and they just ring the bell, right? 30-minute draw. Alpha female thinks she's won the match because the way it ended plays off the whole no no time limit and it just lands horribly. The crowd was not into it. The crowd just pin drop silence throughout. This is unlike a lot of the time draws we see in this modern era of stardom. Uh, this one just doesn't land. It's a, it's a protection finish. That maybe, I guess the idea is they want to do a rematch of it, if that means Alpha Female comes back. Uh, or they just weren't ready for a title change outside Tokyo. And that's kind of a reputation that Osaka and Tokyo have against each other, where you do more setups and B-level matches in Osaka, while Tokyo and Tokyo proper get the bigger matches, the title changes, all the important stuff. And so I definitely feel that resentment watching this because I go, okay, hypothetically, let's say that Alpha Female goes on to beat Nanai anyways for the title. What is is that justification enough for burning a crowd this hard? Right? So, spoiler, Alpha Female does become champion at some point, but uh, on this show, on this night, I think they should have just done the title change. If you're going to go through and book something to this degree, then I say you just got You just got to pull the trigger. You're trying to make a new group, a new heel group, a foreigner group, something. You got tag league coming up to maybe put them over even stronger. Uh, and it, it to me, it would create actual some some real interest and heat in the promotion. And then you can have alpha female against a Tayo, a Aikawa, maybe. Hiroyo, Ioshirai. There's more interesting things that you can build up uh, and story-wise by doing that. But that's where we're off. I thought the match was pretty much a dud. Uh, did not work. I think a lot has to do with the booking as well. And the fact that Alpha Female, as in shape as she is, she's not this high-level worker to kind of justify a 30-minute draw, right? Uh, you'd almost prefer like a 15-minute count, double count-out or something. But can't really do that when it's your main event and it's not 1984, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I I ended up giving the show a 1 out of 3 rating because um, I do find it interesting that we got two, good, two decently good matches, a good match, high-speed title match, uh, we're seeing progress among the younger talent. Act and Mayu are starting to break out in their own own way. And Stardom's an interesting promotion. It, it simply is. They don't operate on the same degree as all the others. And uh, they go by their own book, right? So again, if you've enjoyed this episode and you're on that free feed that comes out on delay, 
Uh, consider subscribing, supporting the podcast, supporting getting these DVDs, and keeping the Google Drive up to date. Our next show is going to be uh, The Rest of Wave throughout the year. It's a uh, compilation DVD of Acquired. It's from October to December uh, for the promotion, so we'll see some tag title matches. Hopefully we'll get some more Kana and Ayumi Kurihara to talk about. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that is our last uh, pure wave show of the year. There's still the joint Reina Duranus uh, show that takes place in November. It's um, We got uh, quite a few JWPs to talk about. We got the Ranyuyu Retirement Show. And then we got a big uh, Sendai show, our first Sendai show of the podcast. Looking forward to it all. We're approaching the end of 2012. Enjoy the ride.